I'm Sharon Brett Kelly and today on The Detail I'm at two Auckland cafes to find out why that daily hit of caffeine is so expensive. I'm inside the Ozone Roastery in Grey Lynn. It's the industrial end of the process. Is that the coffee machine? Is that the, what is that other noise going? Is that the roaster? Oh. You heard it, they sometimes find jewellery amongst the coffee beans, hence the de-stoner. We'll get back to the roastery when things are a bit quieter, but now we're in a booth in the cafe. My name is Roz Cattell and I'm the president of the New Zealand Specialty Coffee Association. I'm Steph Noble and I'm the general manager for Ozone Coffee Roasters and I'm also um, part of the NZSCA board. Can I first ask you something really simple, Steph? How much are you charging right now for, uh, say, a regular flat white? Uh, so a regular flat white is $5.50. And have you had to put the price up recently because of rising costs? Um, yes, we put our prices up, I think it was at the beginning of May. There was also a price increase last year, yeah. So, and most likely, and at another point, we'll have to relook at it. So we're constantly reviewing. This is a lot related to COVID and the supply chain, presumably. There's a lot that goes into the price of a coffee. So from sourcing an origin to factors that are happening within New Zealand economy, like labour. Yeah, there's a lot of influencing factors to the final product and what that cost should be. And it can be different from cafe to cafe, roastery to roastery. And why is that? A lot of us are talking now about the, the, the cafe in Parnell that's charging $8.50. But then, like you say, you charge $5.50 and then another cafe down the road might charge a bit more or a bit less. Why, why is that? I know exactly what, unless you know what the coffee was. But mm. um, I would take a guess and say that that was probably... Like an $8.50 coffee was probably... Um, a really high-grade specialist specialty coffee, something really special and unique, maybe a limited edition. So you pay a higher amount for that. Right. And also the skill of the barista or the process of how it's being made. So through the espresso machine, it's faster. Yeah. Um, but if it's a pour-over, that can take a minimum, like six minutes, say, from start to finish of that process. Over. So yeah. So a filter coffee, yeah, like oh, a pour-over oh, filter, like a, um, a V60 or a Chemex or something like that, yeah, which takes a little bit longer right. and, a, and a different kind of skill set. But, you know, as a customer, I wanted a decent latte. So I shouldn't try and sell you a pour-over. So, yeah, so probably a customer service. That's probably the bit. So it's like a little bit of knowing what your customer wants or being able to interpret it. Um, and some people do want to try something new and something exciting and special, and some people would like a latte. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought lattes That's were special, wrong with that. yeah. no, <laughs> Lattes are delicious. Exactly. Um, well, can we break it down a bit more um, into what actually goes into uh, a cup of coffee in, in terms of all the different costs that you have to take into account? The thing that we need to really remember here is about New Zealanders, the expectations now with us all is that we want quality coffee, okay? Um, and the coffee roasters in New Zealand are not compromising on quality. We spoke about specialty coffee before. Coffee's graded 
okay? Especially coffees 80% and over in a grade, okay? That, that, I, I don't and that, what that means. All <laughs> coffee is, is graded, so say out of 100, and so specialty grade is that higher grade. So quality, so how, like, it can be flavour in the cup, clarity, um, like how it's farmed, the consistency as well. Like one cup could taste really great, but then if you put three cups of the same coffee on the table, one's great, but two don't quite taste right, so that's not consistent. So you don't want that. But let's go right back to where that started, OK? So we go back to the farmer. That there in itself is it's, it's a skill. And so we're looking for for a beautiful quality green coffee to start with, okay? And we're paying premium for that, okay? Because where, it's where is that farmer? Anywhere. anywhere. They could be in Brazil, they could the be world, in Ethiopia, yes. Africa, anywhere, anywhere around the world where we are um, growing coffees. Mm. Yeah, we need to move. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's all right. Let me take that, yeah. Where are we now? <laughs> this is our roastery. Yeah. Uh, so this is the roaster, um, and then behind that you can see that's an afterburner, um, and then this machine here is the destoner, and that's the noisy bit. Gosh, that's a beautiful looking machine, isn't it? That black kind of industrial looking. It sort of looks like a gr- coffee grinder on a huge scale. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So the green coffee goes in the top. It yeah. Drops down into, into the, the funnel. Yeah. And, and then that... it drops down into the drum. Um, once it reaches temperature, and then our roaster's doing work in his magic. Can I? Can we go a bit closer? You can feel <laughs> the heat coming off it. So, yeah. what, so what's in there at the moment? So what's that's that? green coffee. So that's um, right at the beginning of the roasting process. So you can tell it's um, green coffee is like a hard kernel. So um, generally, you get two two of these within a coffee cherry so that's how it grows in a fruit on a on a bush or a tree yeah and so that's been um washed and dried this one and yeah and then he's loading it into the top and then yeah. roasting takes you know depend depending on the rice well, let's call it 15 minutes <laughs> not give too okay. much away. yeah uh, so you're not going to give too much away because why is there a bit of a secret well, it, to... it depends on the coffee uh, whether it's a single origin a blend your style of roasting the machine that you're using like there are so many aspects it's not the same for every roaster so i don't want to just say it's this much time because it's not it, sure. it really changes and that's part of the skill of the roaster as well they're dialing in new coffee so like every single origin will roast slightly differently it depends on the size of the bean how much um, moisture retention how it was processed it's just like making wine isn't it very scientific yeah, and, and it's and it's the same as wine like um let's just go with a good new zealand classic sauvignon blanc from marlborough if you drink the same sauvignon blanc from the same vineyard year on year it every vintage tastes different exactly the same with coffee it is although you might be buying the same coffee from the same region same farm it's not necessarily going to be exactly the same and there are so many factors that go into that um, part of it's farming but it can also be the processing or like we've seen this year um, and the last couple of years with um, major weather events which can damage crops. So like we had frost in Marlborough, we also had frost in Brazil, which is a huge coffee-producing country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really affected the, the supply and, and also then, the quality, the quality of the coffee. And then when it's finished this process, it comes out here into this big... It comes out here magically dish. brown. Oh, uh, yeah, I and this see. Is a cooling tray. Cooling yeah. tray. And there's a giant fan under that because as soon as it's finished roasting, you want it to stop stop cooking, basically. That's what you want it to do. So we're timing that so that the development is spot on. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down the chute, 
which is our distoner. So this is basically a giant vacuum. It's, it's dialed into the weight of roasted coffee, and so what should be left behind is just stones or anything that we don't want in the end product. Yeah. You, see, you see that sometimes you, you come across jewellery. Well, it can be hand-picked, a lot of the coffee, and again, it depends on the quality and the quality of the, um, the process that you, they're using. So, but in the past, we, had, we used to have a jar, and there could be all sorts in there. There could be, yeah bits of jewellery or like little gemstones or there's even been the odd like hard shell of what could have been an insect but that's all removed out of that process yeah and here are some big sacks of the green beans and where have they come from they come from kind of all over the place we we use a lot of central american south american so brazil guatemala Colombia, Ethiopian coffee, um, Indonesia, uh, Pacific Islands, Hinge, uh, China, they grow a lot of coffee now. And how do you decide where you're going to get your coffee from? So it can be um, the flavour profile that you're looking for, like how uh, Sauvignon Blanc grows in Marlborough. I'm going to keep coming back to that. It's a really easy one. We know what those flavour notes are, the gooseberry and all that. So um, same kind of thing with coffee. So it can do with um, altitude and then also region, and then also varietal. So like you have Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Noir, you also have the same in coffee. And then you're, um, you're getting samples shipped over of the finished green product. And so these could be like 100 grams or they could be more. Yeah. Um, and then we're roasting them and we're tasting them and you do like a QC process. So it's something called a cupping and you taste all the coffees on the table and then you pick the ones you like or the ones that score the highest, depending on whatever your um, strategy is within your roastery, yeah. People say, what dictates the price of coffee? We can never tell you what you should, or a cafe should pay for a cup of coffee. We'd never do that. However, when you look at, you know, you're standing in here amongst the green beans and and our processing um, of roasting coffee here, it's not just about buying coffee from somewhere roasting it and sending it out. There are so many things right down that chain before it even gets to your cup. Yep. Before we push the shot out, you know, yep. all of that stuff that, that is between the farm and to the roaster here, you can see this. Mm. Yeah, it's almost the easiest part, serving the customer and, you know, making the flat white. There is a skill set that goes that to do it really well. But, yeah, there is a lot that happens at Origin before we even see the coffee, even how it's packed to then ship over because obviously it can be on the sea for a few months mm. so everything has to go really well and there's yeah. a lot of a lot of hands touching it in between and and kiwis love their coffee they're very specific we've got really great tastes i'd say in new zealand like you take new zealand coffee anywhere in the world and it seems to do really well um, and so they do expect like a high quality coffee. Yeah, yeah. Which, nowhere which, to hide. Shall we go up to the um, boardroom? You're going to hear different sounds on this podcast. You will um, still hear the distoner going, so it will go. Oh no, that's that's good. It's all part of it. Let's get back to what actually goes into a, a cup of coffee. Do you have a spreadsheet or anything that says this percentage of the coffee is? the cost of labour and this percentage is the cost of milk. There is kind of like the traditional HOSPO um, like costing ratios and so it's kind of that 30-35% is like your cost of labour and then you've got cost of goods is 30% and then 30% will be um, well you've got rent, overheads 
and then you've got that tiny little 10% that should be profit. But it must fluctuate. Well, we know that the cost of milk has gone up. The cost of coffee has gone up significantly over COVID. Like, we've had exactly... It's an imported good, so we've had exactly the same issues that everyone else who imports something has had. So freight costs have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, depending on what time and when. A lot of these countries could be developing countries, so that we've seen, like Ethiopia, they've got regions that are literally in civil wars. That will influence it. There have been significant weather events which have decreased supply, but the demand is still there. That hasn't changed. Um, And these are in really big coffee-producing countries like Brazil. So that impacts the cost of coffee a lot on the world market and then COVID. So although these issues have always been around and it's been maybe like 20 cents here, 70 cents here a kilo, we've been absorbing it, absorbing it, absorbing it, but now it's so, it's been so significant and so quickly that there is no choice but to have to pass some of that on. Um, so and it's scary because you don't want to lose customers or um, and you don't want them to... to turn away or go to the cafe next door if you're a hospitality owner but you have to have confidence in the product that you have and the service that you're going to give but it's a really hard one especially when we've been through literally the worst nightmare for a hospitality business yeah so does that mean that right now you're not making that 10 percent profit on a cup of coffee (laughs) i'm so horrified to say yeah no definitely not are you making any kind of profit i mean um it's small amount. Well, we're lucky because we have. Um, we're not just hospitality, so there is small margin still, like in our, like in our retail coffee, and in wholesale. But it's fair. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm getting challenged on that. It's not great because we have to remain competitive in the market as well. So uh, we can't outprice ourselves. Um, so yeah, it's hard, and everyone is feeling the same. And we've seen so many people closing because they don't feel that they can, or it's actually become too hard. Um, and because you don't, like, you're, you're in hospitality to make other people feel really well looked after. Like, you're there to, like, make their day. That's, I know it sounds really cheesy, but it is. Like, that's what you love. Yeah. And so having, to put, having people push back on that and all that, there's not a lot of profit in it, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I'm like, what are we doing? But it is passion. You do it because you love it and you love the product. So I love coffee. I love people. That's why this is what we do. But it is hard. Yeah. It's the afternoon rush at a little neighbourhood cafe on Dominion Road called Forage. So my name is Caesar Abach. Oh. And Kata Powley. Okay, and are you co-owners of this yes. cafe? Yeah. And how long have you been going for? Just over eight years. And that, that in itself is a bit of a success story for an Auckland cafe, isn't it? A little yeah. neighbourhood cafe. Yeah, and I guess through COVID. Yeah. Probably like through hardest time for hospos, so... But I'm here to talk to you about coffee, yes. the cost of coffee. What's been happening? Oh, everything's going up. Mm. Like, we, we still get emailed all the time. Costs are going up for everything. So yeah. how weak the dollar is against overseas. For buying in coffee, yeah. you're yeah. paying a lot more? Just because yes. of the, just the beans itself. Uh, Our supplier's about 20% down. Yeah. His margins. Oh, yeah, sorry. Our, down. Yeah. Our roaster. So then they and then they have to somehow pass that cost on to us, right. and then we have to pass it on to customers. Yeah. yeah. But I guess that's the battle 
like especially with suppliers at the moment, they don't want to lose their customers, but you know they're probably struggling. And then you know you kind of feel like, oh my gosh, you want to pass it on to your customers as, as well, but I guess no one oh, really wants a customer. To <laughs> Tell me a bit about your coffee. Uh, so we get our coffee from Stu. Velvet is his company or the name of his coffee. So he's a boutique roaster as well and he's a good friend now because he's supplied us from get-go and he's been trying to keep his costs down, especially for like us and, you know. Um, but he, he was saying this morning how it's actually, he's finding it quite difficult to keep the prices down. So, yeah, and... When we look at our prices of when we get the coffee from him, it's like, okay, we need to increase it a little bit. And it's like, how do you do that without um, upsetting everyone? Have you got any estimate on how much coffee has risen, say, what, since the beginning of COVID? How much do you... How much more are you paying for your coffee beans? The thing is, we didn't put our prices up for it since we opened. Um, Which is eight, more than eight, eight years, years ago. ago. I know. Finally, so you, have, you haven't put your prices up? Well, no, we fi- well, yeah, and then we finally did just after COVID. Because then, yeah, because that's when, you know, our beans got increased and packaging and, you know, delivery fees and all that. Mm. Um, <laughs> Regular customer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a busy business here. Well, the morning is like crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This, morning, this, is, this is still quiet. This is still quiet. Right, so we were talking about... Like, when did we put prices up? It was during COVID, because yeah, during that's COVID. when all of our suppliers started messaging us, saying they're going to have big increases. Because it's um, things like alternative milks, they actually come from overseas. Right. So shipping, when all the shipping yeah, kind of shipping. issues happened, the cost just went right up. Our packaging as well. Let's talk about a regular flat white. What were you charging well, until you put your price We up? were like $4.10 for an 8-ounce double, double shot. shot. Yeah. Okay, that seems Coffee. pretty competitive to me. Yeah, I, uh, people always comment that that was really cheap. And actually around that time, because everyone started hearing about costs increasing... A lot of our customers were telling us, like, just put the prices up. Really? Your customers were actually saying to you? We do have very loyal customers, and they'll be like, oh, we went to this place, it costs this much, you guys should really put your price up. Yeah. They're like family, so we've known the majority of our customers for, like, eight years now. So how much did you have to put... We put it up to four fifty. So it was a forty cents increase. Yeah. So yeah. then, yeah, our large coffee as well was four dollars eighty. We put it up to five fifty. What's the most expensive part of a of a cup of coffee? Uh, at the moment, milk. Not the coffee itself. Just because the quantity of milk that's in a cup, especially when you start getting to larger sizes, it's a, a hefty amount of milk. It's sort of it's quite complicated when you think about what goes into a cup of coffee, isn't it? Yeah. Or no. Well, yes. yeah, I mean, you don't think it was good to be making what hundreds of them a day. I guess people don't know the cost that goes into it's the we have to include the packaging, um, which is especially now it's a big cost because we don't have staff. We haven't had um, a full time kitchen hand for a while. Uh, our last one did get sick during COVID, so we haven't been able to find anyone to replace him. 
So that um, means that you're serving everything in takeaways. Take yeah, whereas before it used to be about half and half, so then you're cutting costs on your packaging costs. So, so packaging is quite expensive. Uh, all of our packaging is compostable, mm-hmm. and that's the choice that we made, so we know that you've got a higher price for it. And then we do offer a lot of the offices, you can bring all your cups back as well, so they bring it back so we can compost it for them. So, um, I mean, morally, that's just a choice we made. Yeah. And is it like, with that cup of coffee, you're able to break down and say, OK, 50 cents is the cost of the coffee, um, a dollar is the cost of the milk, 20 cents is, you know, the, its contribution to the rent. Do you, is that how yes. you do it? Yes. We have a spreadsheet that has to work out all of those costs. And then we just, as like milk prices change, we just kind of adjust it to that. How have you managed to only put up a, the cost once in eight years when others, it seems like, I don't know if you heard about the cafe in, in Parnell now charging eight fifty. Yeah. What do you think about that? We keep saying we need to increase costs, but we get scared to kind of scare away customers. I mean, it's a matter of you making money, isn't it? Keeping, yes. keeping your, your But that's the thing open. is, like, you know, we worry, oh, we'll lose these customers, you know, people can't afford, but then end of the day we're probably working for less than minimum wage if we put our hours down. So then it's like, oh, shouldn't be that worried. We've still got our own bills to pay and stuff. And Yeah. yeah. And have you but lost- I guess it is the fear. And it's like we were just talking to our coffee supplier this morning because we get on really well with him. Mm. So same for him. If he increases our prices again, he's just worried that we'll find someone else. And But ultimately, if you're working for less than minimum wage, or if you count in all your hours, I mean, how long can you withstand it? Oh, it's got to be out of love. (laughs) I don't know, not very long, not very long. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Mark Chesterman and produced by Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Steph Noble, Roz Cattell, Kate Powley and Caesar Avak. Mā te wā.